of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. And today I am joined by Hallmark movie writer and book author, um, <laughs> Tracy Andreen. I am a huge fan of your movies. I Thank am you. such a huge fan of your movies. So when I got the email that said, do you want to inter- interview Tracy Andreen? I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very <laughs> That's I say yes. Like what language do you want? Yes, yes, yes. I I am such a huge fan of yours. And it's it's hilarious because um, this is actually your first book. It is. And I didn't even know that that was your first book because you are such a good movie writer. So <laughs> first of all, um, what do you find, what is, what are some of the biggest differences do you find in writing like a movie script versus writing a book conceptually? Being able to tell the whole story the way I want to tell it um, and having it really just be my voice as opposed to sort of uh, negotiating a myriad of different voices, whether it be in the writing process, the development process, the idea process, taking it all the beginning, or even once you're in production and you hand over the script to people that, you know, most of the time you've just met and you're like, well, I hope you get my voice, you know, and I hope that even if you don't get my voice and you don't want to do it my way, that at least it comes out halfway decent. And that's kind of a roll of uh, roll of the dice. Whereas with writing this this book um, or writing novel uh, form in general, it can really just be me. I mean, there's editing for sure. Definitely in the editing process, they're like coming in and saying, do you want to say it this way? Do you know you've said this word five times in the last three pages? I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, that could be, but by and large, the story that I wanted to tell is in that book. The, um, my, my editor, Regina Hayes, who is a legend and she came out of retirement to, to work on this book, which I'm so excited. (laughs) I can't even tell you. She's amazing. And she was she was really great through the process of um, of being uh, open to my ideas and also just guiding me in a way that it didn't feel like um, I was being guided, <laughs> you know. It, and but also having suggestions if if something came up. There was really only two times in terms of the narration. Uh, the over plot wise that there were a couple of things that kind of were hiccups and she came in and said I think if you I don't do it this way these are some of the things that may kind of questions readers may have and I'm like oh you know what I didn't actually see it that way let's find a way to kind of like course correct a little bit here and then course correct a little bit here but overall I mean that book is about 89,000 words by the time you're done with it and it's not it's not a short book but I would say I had fewer notes in the process of writing that book than I do in the course of writing a single screenplay for a a network. So it's, yeah, so, but but at the same time, to be fair to a network, they, or a producer, whomever it may be, they have a vision as well. And they've usually hired me to help kind of create something within the paradigm that they're looking for. So that's my job is to kind of like help, you know, it's not like I can, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, oh God, I just blanked on a Reservoir Dogs. I just blanked on Reservoir. Who's the famous director? I just blanked. Well, I'm not a famous director or writer who can come up with their own. I'm going to be really embarrassed when I remember this in about 10 seconds. Um, story and produce it on my own and raise my own um, money and all this other stuff. 
I have to kind of work with, with the people who've hired me. And that's, that's my job. And as a, as a screenwriter to do it. That's that where like the, the book is like your monopoly sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it's definitely thought. my voice. It's yeah. definitely my voice. Whereas like, the movie is like a group, group thought process. Kind yeah, of. it is a group thought process. And the, there've been um, instances, you know, whether I'm called in to rewrite or develop a project with um, someone else, like, you know, co-write with someone or um, come up with something on my, you know, my own idea, that kind of thing. So there's the, even still with working with producers, you're still sort of, um, you're, you're kind of managing other people's ideas and, and input. So, you know, that's why sometimes when a book, when a script comes out and I'm very frequently seeing it uh, the day that it's the movie's released the same time as the viewers, like sometimes you just go in and you're like, man, I hope that worked, you know, like, and sometimes you're like, yeah, that worked great. And sometimes you're like, oh, that is not even remotely close to what I was thinking. Like, I really wish he would have called me on that. But, you know, and so, you, you know, the good news is I have, I feel pretty lucky in that I've, I've had more projects come through close to what I was imagining it than than not and I'm 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 lucky that way I'm fortunate yeah I'm a book reader and I also love movies but I a lot of times when I get very disappointed when the movie comes out and it's so different from the book because a lot of times the you know you create the movie in your, oh, head, yeah, in your head while yeah. you're reading yeah what you're reading what you're seeing on screen or on, on movie screen or TV or whatever is, yeah. is nothing like what's going on in your head. And even though, and also sometimes you, you know, you think yeah. to yourself, my book, my movie is better. <laughs> no, and it's true. I, I've been hired to do adaptations of yeah. other people's books. I think four times, possibly five, I'm not sure. And every time I try to approach it with um initially like my first draft tries to hew as close to the book as possible mm -hmm. and i don't think that has ever the final product has ever been <laughs> really close to the book i've had sometimes where i i said to the producers or, or, or at some point i'm like well then what what do you like about you know this particular book that you want to keep and they're like well really like the overall concept in the title i'm like okay <laughs> like what do you want me to do with that? You know, like, okay. So, but there's others that, that actually I've managed to, like, I hope I, I always get a little nervous with the, you know, when it, when a, an adaptation. Do you ever um, actually contact the actual author of the yeah. book that you're adapting yeah. and be like, so how did I do? <laughs> I've never asked that question. I've never asked that question, but I have had, I have had um, conversations sort of like the, the one author with whom I've had direct conversation was Nancy Nagel. Uh, from mm. Christmas Joy. And she was at, um, I think, one of the last Allmark TCAs in the before times, uh, <laughs> you know, when we were able to see each other face to face. And she was, she's just a lovely human. And yeah. we had a, a really, you know, not uh, just a great conversation. And it's helpful that, you know, she understands because she's done, um, I, I believe she's done adaptations at this point. But when you take a book at her uh, Christmas Joy had a lot of stuff going on in it. Like yeah. there was a, there was a, and we had to basically be like, okay, 
what are the things that we can take out of this that keeps it, you know, in, in, I guess. That's with um, Matt Long, right? Yes, Matt Long and um, Danielle Panabaker. Yes. Um, and I so, love, I, yeah, I love so, Matt Long. I know Matt Long from Manifest. Manifest, yeah. Hilarious. And he was on uh, Private Practice too. That was the first was movie that I, that was the first show that I saw him on was Private Practice. He was in the last season of Private Practice. Oh, I, my, my, basically I, my first experience with him as an actor was seeing him in Christmas Joy. And then this spring I got really into Manifest. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, Matt, Matt, that, Matt, you know, like, like I know him. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know, he was super cute and, you know, charming and, and lovely. And, and um, yeah, I so love he does another one. I love him at Manifest. I love yeah, him. He's Manifest. really good. I mean, I don't spoil it. I'm only on season three. Um, I bet I had to like pause because I was just, you know, happily working a lot. But I was just at a break where I'm like, I'm going to get in a few things here while I can. And then it's back to the old drawing board. So yeah. that was fun. But, um, Oh my goodness, we are like totally going off the rails. That's but, um, my world. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to, let's talk about the book because the book oh, sure. is, so this is Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, what inspired you to write this book? Well, okay, first of all, you say you're from Oklahoma. This I is am. set in Oklahoma. So Christmas, Oklahoma. Is there a Christmas Oklahoma or a town in Oklahoma that's even similar to this? <laughs> so this like came out of your head. <laughs> that just came out of my head. So the the backstory for the how the book came about was um, some of the amazing people at Penguin Random House um, approached me back in the when I was in Hawaii, actually, when I was uh, on, in Oahu, I got an email. I was visiting my sister-in-law. She was shooting a TV series there. And um, I got an email that basically was like Penguin Random House approached me about trying to do, initially it was like, they wanted to know if I wanted to do a picture book or if I wanted to do a young adult novel. And I was like, you know, I, I gave them some ideas for, you know, once I calmed down because I was so incredibly excited about like, what, you know, Penguin Random House, the biggest publisher on the planet. It just was like, hey, you want to write a book? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I said, like, yeah. Up to that. This is like um, getting called by George Clooney. Hey, do you want to write a script for me? <laughs> no yeah, like, sure. Okay. You know, um, and so, so they originally was like, hey, do you want to do a picture book or do you want to do a young adult novel? And I gave them some ideas for picture books, which didn't work out. Um, it's really not my strength. But other than reading them to my little niece, nieces and nephews along growing up, and then the other one were some young adult novels, which they did like those ideas. And so one of those ideas that I pitched was, so this is Christmas. And, um, and it wasn't and when I initially pitched it, it was just, hey, girl, uh, Finley returns home from school to small town and these, these things happen. But it wasn't initially uh, set in Christmas, Oklahoma. It wasn't until like after they said yes, and we started going forward with it. Um, that I kind of had this moment where I, I think I was doing dishes and then suddenly I was like what if the town's named Christmas you know like just had this moment like so this is Christmas what does that mean you know you start having your brain sort of doing popcorn ideas around here 
And then it was like, yeah, this, and then as soon as I thought that it was like this avalanche of ideas, I'm like, yep, there we go. That's where we're going. And then ah. it just kind of unfolded. So many of my friends have asked me, what is this book about? And I said to them, it's about this girl, <laughs> this girl who goes to a boarding school and she like goes hacks onto her website, her town's website, adds these Hallmark movie pictures. That's what I described it as, mm-hmm. you know, Hallmark movie pictures on the website. And she shows off to her classmates, this town, they, this one guy thinks that it, that's her hometown. And so, like, when she goes home for Christmas, he follows her, and he pretty much, like, blackmails her into, like, hey, yeah. look, you yeah. told me this is what to expect, so now you got to, you know. Deliver. And so this is how, the, that's how the whole movie and stuff. But, like, I, that, that pretty much describes the prologue of chapter one. <laughs> That's exactly right. And everything after that is like, and then the, and then the rest of the story starts. <laughs> like, cause I, cause I mean, like to, to say anymore, it's just, just crazy. Well, I, mean, Finley, you know, yeah, I love Finley. I love Arthur. I love all of the characters that you've created in this small town. My question is like, did you, I mean, when we were talking earlier, before the recording, you were talking about like pulling from other people's stories to, mm-hmm. um, you know, inspire you for movies or whatever. So were there other people's stories that kind of inspired you to add into this, this book as well? You know, yes. was were some of the characters based on somebody you knew or you met or something? Yes. So the, 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 some were and some weren't. Um, the story kind of kind of the Finley's mom Dana um is very much like my mom's story Mm. um except not with my dad um my mom uh got pregnant at 16 and um and had a baby at 17 which is my oldest brother Mm. and um and this is in uh Tulsa Oklahoma back in the umpteen you know mid 19th or not, not mid but you know the the 19th hundreds wait what am I saying <laughs> that's edited edit that out my mom's gonna kill me um you know whatever it was way back when um so um so she and I always my mom was just a really smart woman she was just uh, she still is she's very much alive in fact I just saw her yesterday um she came into to town to visit but she I always wondered what mom could have been if she hadn't got pregnant at 16 and hadn't had a baby in Oklahoma and, you know, kind of had a different, cause she was also um, really, really smart and she skipped a grade. And so she <clears throat> is a little with Finley on that as well. So mom was, I think she skipped third grade which is why she always says her penmanship is terrible. <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> so she, she was just, incredibly smart um had a lot she's very funny has a lot of potential great sense of humor and then you know i'm really glad that her life turned out the way it is just selfishly because i exist you know she ultimately met my dad and um they got married and had my other uh two brothers and i and we were raised in tulsa um so that's great but i you know your brain always kind of goes oops did i hit the die we're still there yeah I'm still here okay okay um your brain always kind of you know swirls around like ideas like what would it be like so my mom has a a big influence on on this story and also just I grew up loving 
um, I love British movies uh, in that sort of dorky way. I love um, British authors. Um, I love, I've had friends actually tell me you got to stop doing an English accent, but you know, I'm not <laughs> now, but when I was younger, I used to be just obnoxious about it. And so one of the things I knew early on is I knew Arthur was going to be British. It just, it's instantly, I knew he was going to be British. And, um, and I just felt it was it just easier with Finley to kind of keep Finley close to who I am in the sense of like what she was like growing up just to make it since it really was my first um, published novel I've written novels that were unpublished mm. um, that was actually my major in college was was being an author to try to be an author and then I moved out here to Los Angeles to pursue screenwriting and in that regard in that excuse me area I'm self-taught so I never got a, a formal education in screenplay writing, but I did in novels and mm -hmm. in, in fiction and, and that kind of um, storytelling type. I never thought that there were, I did know that there were like classes for novel writing. My, my I was a uh, professional writing major. So is what my title is what my actual major, but like all of the classes I took pretty much were for novels and short stories and narrative and that wow. kind of storytelling. Wow. So. So I was or pretty fortunate when they came and approached me like, hey, do you want to do this? I was like, actually, yeah. I'm <laughs> so, This is what I've been wanting to do all my life. I, right, kind of. Yeah, actually. <laughs> That's why I was sort of like, what happened? So. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about Gloria Mancho and Aunt Esha without like, you know, telling too much yeah I don't want, I have to be really careful about I because there's lots of twists we want to make sure that we keep all uh, the twists well, I do want to know uh, what is what made you want to write that storyline include that storyline I don't know if I can tell you that without like revealing too much <laughs> that's the thing it's like um I'll tell you that what the idea was um for for Grandma Joe for Dana, which is who is Finley's mom, and for Finley herself, the three um, generations of women. Yeah, three iterations of them is are these are three women at three different you know generations that all three of them didn't get it right the first time. They sure. messed up the first time, and yep. all three of them have told themselves stories, and all three of them have had to kind of come about to their own sense of um, self honesty and then act upon it. And yep. so that's, you know, so to have those three, cause Dana messed up too. Dana, yep. you know, had this idea and she, you know so Dana has her, her sort of story that she has to kind of own. Grandma Jo has her story that in the self and the sort of um, self duplicity that she has to, to, to navigate. I think it more like her journey to finding herself. Like, See the thing is, she, I think she's she kind of known herself. She just but she just couldn't admit it. Yeah, and she couldn't and she couldn't act, And that's the thing is she couldn't act on it. And yeah. that was why it was really important at the end where she does what she does. Yeah, after Finley kind of and does her heroic that, and I really love that about Finley is that Finley's big um, climactic moment isn't really about going herself. to Arthur. Yeah, and it isn't about herself. It isn't about her going to Arthur and, and declaring anything. Um, it's about acting for somebody else and, yep. and helping that person and, and sort of that, with, again, without trying to give too much away. It's really hard. It's kind of tricky to talk about 
you know, without. I, I, I hate that. I hate it when like you can't talk about stuff, but you really I, I know. I, mean, I hope you, I'm so sorry. Cause I know it's like a juicy bit to discuss everyone, but I want to make sure that like, most I people- know. you guys need to read the book. No, we can't, talk any, we can't say anything more to that. But, right. I do have to say, I like skip forward a little bit. While I was sure. still in like okay. the first half of the book, I skipped forward a little bit. And then I read a, read a certain paragraph and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done that. Where you're, you're, especially if you're like, you're preparing for an interview. So you're like, I got to read this. This is not a short book. Oh, wait, yeah. I didn't even know where they, how did that get there? <laughs> I've done but, it. Uh, you've written so many Christmas movies and now Christmas book. Um, what is your ideal Christmas <laughs> thing? Like if you could have your perfect Christmas moment what for yourself, what would it be? That is an excellent question. You know, I've never been asked that. Um, I would love to have, first of all, I need to get a big house. I'm working on that. Um, I would like to have a, a just a, a big house with a big fireplace and a lovely Christmas tree. And honestly, just kind of all the stuff that you imagine with the warm Christmas lights and my family around me. And I'd love to have a um, football in the background. I'm a big football fan. And so- uh, What's your team? Uh, <laughs> Sadly, I, I chose early in my youth and I chose based on like I was five years old and I chose because I was like, dolphins are adorable. And so I, ch- I chose the Miami Dolphins and it's just, it's been an, an absolute journey in pain <laughs> for the last many years, many years of pain. And this year was actually hugely, it's really disappointing that I still don't <laughs> Who is the reason, but that's another story. It was like, we got a lot of problems on the Dolphins and Tua isn't it. But, um, and also the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, which is not a professional team. They just feel that way sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, that kind of warm, you know, everyone has food, we're all together, um, kind of Christmas experience. I like, I like doing that. And then hiring someone to clean everything up. That <laughs> that's that's big for me (laughs) that's what what my mom hates about like hosting christmas parties it's just like i hate the cleanup like everyone you know that's that's they're fun and all but if somebody else could do the cleanup that would be great yes (laughs) someone just come in take all the trash oh did some did elves come and take the trash oh did elves clean up all the turkey or whatever i know i guess my, my parents get to the point where like they don't even enjoy opening Christmas presents anymore because you got all the Christmas wrapping paper and stuff and we have like three plastic bags right yeah yeah I think when I was young um my mom and dad got to this point where they would have these enormous red and green um garbage bags with all of our wrapped presents in them and at first we thought it was you know two separate one was with Michael's name one was with Rick's name one was with my name and one was with Keith's name and the bows around it and so we'd run out and um, and open them up and get our presents out. I think it was many years later I realized, oh wait, that, that was really just sort of them, you know, having the garbage bags on hand so we could then just like pop it back. And I was like, that's efficiency. Like, like, you know, I was like, you guys are just being efficient, <laughs> you know. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, let me say one thing. I would also like 
for another Christmas idea, just on the opposite end, I would love to go explore the Christmas markets in like Germany or uh, somewhere in Europe. I would love to have like that experience just once or Ireland, kind of that, the the European um, yeah. Christmas experience just once. Um, what you've written several movies. Um, we just talked about one of my my one of my personal favorites is snow bride which i only found out when i was reading your like acknowledgements or whatever it was like your first movie you wrote for hallmark or was it was (laughs) it was it was the first it was the first movie i've had full move full length movie i'd had produced and um and it it came about yeah it it's still, that's probably the, of all the movies that I've written, the closest to being sort of authentic to my voice. Um, and just, and I don't want it to be like about like, just in the sense that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know what Hallmark wanted. I just wrote what I wanted to, to write. And then, um, and then the director, the late Burt Kish, who is uh, a one, was a wonderful man and a fantastic director and um he just took hold of the script and made it and and rhythm wise he has a great ear for how old not just because we both we would talk about how we loved the old school um hollywood movies you know the 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 screwball preston sturgis howard hawks that kind of you know era of of rapid fire dialogue and so you can you can really feel it in terms of the pacing, and and the approach to Snowbride. And the comedy, the comedy, the comedy. Is and we were allowed so to have comedy good. back then, <laughs> like real <laughs> genuine comedy. <laughs> like yeah, I, I one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, Katrina, your sister-in-law, tumbles down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And the big poofy Christmas dress that looks like I like no offense to 80s Christmas dress and people love Princess Diana's Christmas. Oh yeah, it was massive. It was very like Princess Diana ish. Oh yeah. What dress with the the poofy sleeves and I think there's a line in there where she looks at the dress and she's like, man, you must love him. (laughs) Like it's just like woof. You're gonna wear this one, okay? <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, '80s dresses should just stay in the '80s. <laughs> I feel like '80s dress, wedding dresses should stay in the '80s. Oh yeah, agreed. <laughs> I, I I could not agree more. That was a lot. I I my one of my other sisters-in-law got married to my brother, um, in the '80s, and I was one of the bridesmaids, and I was wearing these big. It was royal blue, which looks great with my incredibly white skin. <laughs> Big poofy sleeves. And then we had hoop skirts. I mean, it was just like, it was this whole thing. And my ne- my two oldest nephews who were very, at the time they were very young. So they were just very honest. And they saw the picture of me in the bridal. They were like, and they, when they realized it was me, they just started laughing hysterically and rolling around. I'm like, all right, you know, cut it out kids. You know, like <laughs> um but it was it was def it was full 80s like the hair the dress everything but let me tell you this about that let me tell you a story about that dress scene in in snow bride so when i was originally approached about writing what would ultimately become snow bride 
um, it was Tim Johnson was the producer of it, and he and Lee Friedlander, who was another, um, had been you know talking with each other. And Lee was originally scheduled um, to direct it, but it didn't end up happening. But yes. she stayed on and produced it because she'd been working on it, you know, from she and I to, from the very beginning. She actually just called me out of the, in 2012 and was like, "Hey, can you write a Hallmark Christmas movie?" And I was like. Sure. I mean, I hadn't seen a single one of them, you know, but I was like, yeah, sure. Of course I can. And, um, and so I, you know, did power, like watching as many of it. And there were very few back then. Let me just say this. There were very few Christmas movies. It's not like it is now. And yeah. so I was watching as many as I could and kind of came up with the idea. We pitched it. And um, originally what, what Tim wanted was he came to us with a title, A Bride for Christmas. And we came up with the pitch and we gave it to him and he came back and he was like, great. You know, and I ultimately ended up writing it around like a few months later. And I'm about 60% done with this. And he calls up and he's like, look, here's the deal. Um, I don't want her to be a bride. I'm like, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I don't <laughs> want her to be a bride. And I'm not sure I want it to be said at Christmas. And we were like, he's like yeah so here's what we're getting so he basically was like i, I don't want her to be a bride and I be, he's like so you know kind of like figure something out <laughs> like, you know, you hang, this is my first experience of like all right let's work on this on the fly so we got him to still keep it christmas right but yeah. we had to take she was no longer going to be a bride a runaway bride sort of situation so yeah. we took that element out of it this she was always the reporter and you know the and and he was always going to be the kennedy so it's sort of like the runaway the original script was runaway, like the runaway bride of julia roberts yeah there was a little bit of that like we had some other stuff but that in it but that all got scrapped like the first act and the first half of this, the movie basically just got scrapped and i was like okay let's figure out how to do this but the one thing is I had already written her in a bridal dress on a mountain tumbling down thing. And I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, all right, so it's not, she's not going to be a bride. We did keep Christmas. How do I keep that scene in this movie? Because I don't want to change that scene. Like she, she's in the bridal dress. She tumbles down the, this snowy- just a whole vision in your head. It's just it perfect. was. And I was like, there's a vision in my head. And I was like, and it's going to happen. I don't know. This may be my one and only Hallmark movie or movie at all. But I want that scene in this movie. And so, and I was all, and then he, at the end of it, and then he comes in and picks her up and carries her off in a bridal oh. dress. And I was like, I, I want this to happen somehow. So I literally, you know, spent like a week figuring out like, how do I, how do I make, work it around this one little scene, which is ridiculous. Now, I don't think I would do it, necessarily do that out, but I, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it was the, hilarious how it happened. Cause she's like, it, came from like yoga or running or something. She had shorts on and the only thing that in a car broke down and the only thing that she had oh. in her truck was the big running gown. <laughs> That's all she could wear. I mean, I, it probably wouldn't happen now because it's physical, it's physical comedy. Yeah. They're, not, they're not, it doesn't always work out well. They've had, a, a Hallmark hasn't had some not great experiences with physical, which I understand. But I thought that Bert and really managed to stage that and Katrina and the, the, uh, the stunt woman who yeah. <laughs> did the tumbling for Katrina. I thought they did a good job. 
So I, I, I that was Katrina is such a great actress. She's, uh, like I mean, I'm she does, I, she does your, she, she's done all of your movies. And I love, oh my god, like every single movie that I've seen her in, I love them. And it's just like I'm like she's awesome and she's funny. Yeah, she yeah, she is. She's so hilarious. And another one of my favorites. God, I can just pretty much every single Christmas with the Darlings I actually did a recent review on just a couple of months ago because um, I did a diversity themed mm-hmm. podcast and I was like, well, Katrina is Asian American. Yeah, half Taiwanese. And then, um, and also you had a lesbian couple mm-hmm. in the movie. I was like, I want to do this. This is it. This is my movie. I want to do this and stuff. But I loved uh, this. Uh, I, I love you. I love you. You know, what was what's really great about the the with Christmas with the Darlings is um, that was just is awesome. I love him. I, I watched it. Oh, I thought Carlos I was watched. great. I thought he was I thought he did a great job in that. I thought he was really I'm, a, I, I'm a huge Chesapeake Shores fan. And like, he's my dream husband. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's like that in real life, but like David is definitely my dream husband. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this much. I know, like, I've stumbled on you know when they first told me that he was going to be um, office acting opposite Katrina in the in the movie. I kind of like, you know, because I'm curious. I was like, who is he? You know, I mean, I knew I'd seen him in Moonlight in Vermont, and I thought he was really good. Yeah. But then I found out he actually has the, the same birthday as my brother, as Katrina's husband. And I was like, I called her, I was like, this is going to work out fine. <laughs> you know, like, he's literally is Keith's birthday. You guys are going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> like perfection right there. Exactly. They're both Virgos. It'll be, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. But no, I, I, I love that movie too. The kids are so cute. And I, I, um, I, I grew up in foster care. So in a way, I sort of understood that sense of like family law and yeah, then like, yeah. you know, not moving a lot and not moving, in, you know, with family and stuff. And it was just like another one of my favorite Christmas movies. But of all of the movies you've written, which one do you say is your favorite? Always Snow Bride. Always. Always, always Snow Bride. what? Always Snow Bride. Uh, it's always Snow the that first is always special. It is. I mean, but this was also, it was really special in that Katrina was, you know, the star. This was the first, we kind of, I mean, Lee and I basically, what well, was a weird, I think I've told this story before. So if I, if I have and you've heard it, I apologize. But so when, when we first came up when we were working on this and we wrote this, Lee and I, Lee obviously had known Katrina. So, but then when we, Lee and I were meeting with, um, Michael Vickerman, who was the producer, and Bert Kish, who was going to be the new director, and it was the four of us meeting for the first time. It's like I'm talking with Michael Vickerman. I mean, um, Lee's talking with Bert, and I decide in the middle of this conversation, I'm just going to pitch my sister-in-law. Like she was coming off Spartacus. I mean, I'm just going to give it a shot. Probably going to get shot down on this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I start pitching Katrina as the lead. I was like, I know she's funny. I know she's funny. Like I'm around her. Like I know it doesn't show through on Spartacus exactly, but I promise you she's funny. Well, Spartacus is not exactly comedy. Not a comedy. <laughs> not a comedy at all. And so, 
So meanwhile, I'm, I'm pitching, the, pitching her to Vickerman here. Right here is Bert Kish talking to Lee and I hear him say Katrina Law. And I turned to him and I think he's overheard my conversation. And I was like, right, she's great. He goes, oh, do you know her? And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, oh yeah, I'm, more, I'm shooting a, 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 an independent film with her right now in, um, in uh, Death Valley. He's like, she's hilarious. I want, I want to have her be the, the lead on this movie. And I'm like, Lee and I looked at each other and we went, what? <laughs> like, and that's when we, like the four of us decided because, and Vic, Vickerman had uh, known Katrina because he loved Spartacus. So like the four of us at that point, were just like, she's got to be the lead. This is too kismetty. Like this is yeah. what has to happen, you know? Um, and we, it was really just kind of convincing Tim Johnson, the producer, and then the network, no, we promise she can do this. Yeah. And then, uh, and then she came in and I think she just knocked it out of the park. I mean, oh uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Faith. Yeah, so well, yeah, I always love that. I, I, I love her. So if you, if, if, like, if, <laughs> can you might call her up and be like, "Hey, a, a podcaster was a huge fan. I would love a chance to talk with you. I'm begging you to let me talk to you." Absolutely. Again. She's like, she's a little busy on doing NCIS right now. But <laughs> I'll tell her. I'll be like, she, is she? Wait, which NCIS is she in? Because there's also one here in Hawaii. So I'm like, if there she's is. here in Hawaii, hello, hi. Come nope. on over. <laughs> she's she's on um the original NCIS, uh, the one that's now on, on well, season she nineteen. Red, she could come to Hawaii. So you're oh, right. she's she well she she shot Hawaii Five O for yeah, a season. Yeah. So you know that's that was a that was the. Well, just call her up and be like, hey, like there's a podcaster. She's a huge fan of yours. Huge. huge I will fan. tell her, <laughs> and you know, like to get a chance. But um, the the thing about it is. Um, she growing up, we did have a lot of Asian representation. So I I get really excited when there's any kind of Asian people on TV because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah, no, I, it, and it's it's really gotten better. I mean, it's been great, but uh, it's it's gotten a tick better in the last two three years. I think enough people are kind of sounding have what? have have sounded and are continuing to sound the hey guys you know i i during my diversity podcast where i reviewed christmas with darlings i was talking about how katrina is i hope i don't offend you or her but it's white passing asian and she played pretty much white characters for hallmark all this time and erasing that Asian, you get what I'm saying, identity of hers? I do. I Until, do. And Christmas with the Daleks was really the first time that I've seen it slightly embraced when she uh, greeted the businessman in, in Mandarin, Mandarin, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. So I would love, and I know she would love to, to um, you know, embrace the the her uh, Taiwanese side more or the Asian side more, if you know, more overtly. If if we're so lucky as to do another one, I would love to have that. And I, um, we, I mean, I I named the the character's last name was Lou. Yeah. Um, but I will say that how do I put this? Um, we were in the middle. We Hallmark was in the middle of a transition. Um, at that point. So yeah. as one who had, has written or had written during the, the previous iteration, 
uh, and what we're, we're kind of dealing with with Hallmark now, it's kind of going this, through this transformation. And right when I was working on what would become Christmas with the Darlings was smack in the middle of what all the, the sort of tumult of the change was. And yeah. as a writer who would really like to embrace, you know, more diversity, I wasn't sure what I could and couldn't do. What I will say is Hallmark absolutely embraced on this, this script, um, Christmas with the Darlings, all levels of a diversity that we, we sort of proposed. Like most of the ones I was like, kind of almost testing, like, can I do this? Yeah. You know, what can, can I, I do? do? What can I do? Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. And, and with, um, you know, with her being Jessica Liu um, and speaking Mandarin to Mr. Lee, and I was definitely wanting to embrace like the, I think he's Taiwanese. I'm yes, <laughs> like he was. 12 books. I was like, I'm 12, I mean, 12 screenplay since then I feel like, um, yeah, he's Taiwanese. It was, it was like trying to bring a little more of the Asian element and the Taiwanese and, or, or just even Asian at all into it. And then, and I'm really excited that like Hallmark has been you know, open to embracing that. Like I've got, um, boyfriends of Christmas past on my DVR right now. And I can't, it's, it's Korean. And I'm super excited to, to watch that. First of all, it just sounds like an adorable premise. I know it's like the uh, sort of a Christmas play. Carol. On, yep. Christmas Carol, which itself, you know, you know, is, has inspired so many stories. And, um, but it's, <sighs> my cat just woke up and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what's going to happen now? <laughs> um, I, so I'm really excited to see that. I was excited that they were kind of embracing um, the, the the Korean roots. And for Katrina, I mean, I'm not going to speak too much for her, but you know, she's she's absolutely full on embraces the fact that she's you know half Taiwanese, you know. And my niece um, is being raised in speaking fluent Mandarin at this point, yeah. so she's <laughs> to the point that like they she can switch kinley can switch between mandarin english and spanish and we're just wow like, <laughs> you can just take over the world like you know. this, uh this week's movies like boyfriends of christmas past talked about foster care mm-hmm. um one of the boyfriends had worked was an agent was it was a social worker who worked for an agency was throwing a christmas party for foster kids and i was like Oh, I remember when I was in foster care. Our agency did that too. At my very first Christmas party, I sang White Christmas. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And um, and another what another movie with Christmas in my heart was about this this guy who was raising a his biracial child, and he she was dealing with racial discussions that he really can't answer because you know he's white and she's really black or that kind of thing and I was like I could understand that too because I yeah. have I'm That's Asian Luke McFarlane right yeah I love that yeah. movie. I I like, like him a lot that I have that's when I wanted to watch too I I, I it's on the I cried oh. I boohooed and I was just like this is so beautiful and I I messaged him and I was so and he um he replied to me I was like oh, he replied to me but I messaged him and I was like this is your best movie I've seen you do like this is literally the best movie that I've seen I can't wait to watch it you know anyway, anyway um talk about this year's Christmas movies before we end okay. we have three movies coming up I have three so the first one airs on um November 5th 
and it's called um speaking of diversity it's called it's called gingerbread miracle which is not the diversity part of it um it, it's that uh, the um it's set in a uh, panaderia i have terrible pronunciation for any words that are not english i embrace that about myself or accept that about myself um it, but it's a it's a mexican bakery mm. and um it's in a lot of ways it's a very much a traditional hallmark christmas movie you know? yeah very much a traditional old school Hallmark Christmas movie. It's set in a bakery. It's, you know, two old friends from high school who haven't seen each other in a very long time. Work, in this case, they're working together to they sell um, his uncle's bakery. Um, she, Maya, played by Merritt Patterson, is, um, she's come back in town about two years ago after a divorce and is kind of too, she thought it was only maybe for six months. And, and then she like was staying above her parents, you know, garage to just hang out for just, just get at things and the next thing she knows she's like two years later and she's like you know it's taking a little longer than I thought it was going to take <laughs> which and so she's trying to like you know be the success that she thinks she's supposed to be and um it ends up she's an attorney uh she's a contracts attorney and ends up kind of working with the uncle to sell the bakery where she used to um work as a teenager with um Alejandro or Alex played by John Ecker and, um, and he is in New York becoming the successful attorney. And he comes back when he hears this is the last time the Panadria is going to be, Casillas Panadria is going to be around. And, um, and so they, they end up, you know, they end up working together. And there's a thing in the, there's, there's two things about it that are super fun. Um, besides the fact that Merritt Patterson and John Ecker are like two of the prettiest people on the planet who, and they're falling in love. And I think that is just awesome. Um, but there's like in the middle of it, we have the Christmas games and I actually worked really hard to come up with like this. And I don't know if, I honestly don't know if it's fully realized in the, I'll know when I see the movie. So if, if, but this kind of original Christmas game, it's a little like the Christmas in the British credit, the Christmas, uh, pudding race where people have like a, a, a Christmas pudding and they run with it. And then they go through obstacle courses. So that's kind of what's happening in the middle of it. Uh, and then you have at the end, you have a um, Posada, which is the traditional Mexican um, nativity story. Of yeah. The night of when um, Mary and Joseph are looking for someone to give them room at the end. So that's happening November 5th. And then um, I have another one on November 21st, which I'm really excited about. That's the one with uh, James Denton and Terry Hatcher. And um, that I, that's a rewrite as well. Where um, Mark Amato had written the first version of it, and then they Hallmark um, and kind of really set the set up the world, or he set up the foundation of the story. And then I came in and got to play around with it, is like is how I like to say it. And um, and that's kind of more of a it's a wonderful life, Mister Destiny, sliding doors ish kind of story. And honestly, I'm, I'm just delighted about looking. That's the kiss before Christmas. Kiss, yes. Right. It's a kiss before Christmas. And um, James Denton. I'm excited of, because it's desperate housewives. The desperate housewives reunion. <laughs> they were, listen, the, James Denton and Terry Hatcher were both really excited. They're friends in real life. So yeah. they were really excited to work together again 
for the first time in a long time. I know. And um, and I haven't seen it, but I just had a long conversation with the producer, John Eskinis, um, this weekend. And he was just, they just locked picture on it. And he was just talking about how he's like, this is going to be a good one. He's like, I'm really excited about this. And he was the producer on Good Witch for yeah. many, many, I think through the whole thing. So he's he's like, for any of the Good Witch fans out there, I think they'll they'll be happy to and desperate housewives and desperate housewives <laughs> fans, desperate housewives fans, fans who just like Christmas movies. I think that'll be a good one. And the third one on December fourth is a very merry bridesmaid, which was not the title that it went through production. <laughs> it was Christmas bridesmaid. I did not come with that title. Um, uh, and then that's with Emily Osment and um, oh my God, I literally can see the guy's face, but he's from uh, In the Dark on the CW. And I have Chadwick Boseman is, this happens to me all the time. A name that has nothing to do with this will pop in and I'm like, well, not getting around that name anytime soon. Um, <laughs> just, it's just like the earlier one with, you know, I'm like, well, that's, we'll get to the end of that uh, later. Anyway, so that's on uh December 4th, that was an original idea with a friend of mine, uh, Elena Valdez. And um, she kind of came up with this idea of, wouldn't it be fun to do um, 16 candles as an adult? And it's kind of set around, instead of your 16th birthday, it's your 30th birthday. Oh, wow. And, and so, you know, it's just all these things where he, his character ends up making uh, her feel seen. In this movie, that I don't know if that's much of a pitch, but I think it, I mean we'll see. I, the script was really fun to write, and it was really adorable, and it was a lot. It's a lot of family, and it's a pretty traditional Christmas. There's some moments of diversity in there too. I just can't wait to see all of this because, like I told you, I'm a huge fan of your Christmas Thank movies, you. and like Thank you. I could talk all day about the. Christmas I know, movies, I know. I'm so. chattering away. Anyway, so this is Christmas. Go watch it and go read it. Thank you. <laughs> actually wow. not a movie <laughs> i am excited thank you so much for letting me talk to you thank i had you. so much fun today thank you i i want to see more christmas movies and hope i want to know if this is do you want to write a sequel of this to to uh so, so this, this is, is christmas? christmas i'm writing it right now it's called so this is love oh <laughs> so it will be valentine's day yep Finley and Arthur at Barrington Academy um, and the, the it takes place over the six weeks right after um, they return to the their school to kind of to see I mean things happen the the road just, to, you, you know what is so weird is that um it's my first young adult romance novel, which really? it just feels to me like weird to say young adult because in high school I never dated. Really? So, oh. like, I wasn't allowed to date. I had like crushes. Okay, fair. fair. I had like guys, you know, that I crushed on and you know went on to prom with and may have kissed, but then my, like my parents were like, "No, you're not allowed to date." Yeah. No. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But you know, you're in high school, your hormones and heart are just a racing all over the place. And, you know, crushes are, like you said, crushes are flying all over the place, but with, with Finley and Arthur, you know, it's, we'll see like the, the, the road to love is not always smooth is let's just put it that way. That is true. <laughs> well, I'm excited to, I, I want to know if Aisha finds love with Barrington. 
I'm excited for I her. loved Aisha. Aisha was great. I had so much fun. such sass. She reminds me of me. That like a lot of her reactions <laughs> to Fidley would be my reactions. So yeah. That, like leave me I, alone. Huh? Deal with she's I, like when I read her, I'm like, leave me alone. I yeah. do not like, yeah. just, just don't don't bother me. No, no, Aisha was Aisha's just direct. She says everything that you're like, what is wrong with you? That's <laughs> right through it. Like, and I love that about her. And she's, I, she's I love how over. quickly she becomes friends with Arthur and Finn Finn is like, wait, you texted him? I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like family girl. If you didn't know all this time that you did have, you did not have a crush on this dude. Your reaction is telling everybody you had a crush on this dude. Finley has a lot of learning, self. But when you're 16 and nearly 16 of that, it's life is a, a journey to self understanding. Yeah, <laughs> long time. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I just love the characters because in my head they're all doing the crazy stuff yeah but anyway thank you so much for letting thank me talk you. to you i'll see you soon hopefully next time you have another book you can come back okay i will thank you a so big much book appreciate it. i would love it okay thank all you right. bye bye